When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big Ten football is back. Saturdays are fun again. Who's ready for a Sparty party? Welcome into MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. I'm Brandon Champion. Joined today on this most glorious day, September 16th, 2020, by Michigan State beat reporters Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel. We're here to discuss all things surrounding the long-rumored, much-debated decision to bring back Big Ten football. Uh, both of these guys were in on a press conference with Big Ten Brass this morning. Uh, Matt, we talked last month, and uh, you didn't see any way the Big Ten would reverse course and, and play this fall. But uh, shockingly, that's exactly what has happened with a planned start date around the weekend of October 23rd. Uh, Matt, what changed? Well, not everybody followed the Big Ten's path. You know, I think when initially when they when they canceled, you know, you saw the Pac-12 go right after them before them it had been the Mac and Mountain West uh, a few others um, I, I think the feeling was initially at the time you know the SEC particularly along with the Big 12 and maybe even the ACC would 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 try and hold on and be stubborn um, they've done that and now you have games being played across the country I mean there are obviously hiccups there have been more than a dozen games canceled since or postponed I should say since uh, August 26th or whatever it is but you have football being played, you know, Notre Dame played at home last week that, you know, that doesn't sit well with, with a lot of folks in the big 10, you have so much pressure coming from players. Uh, you have the players, eight Nebraska players suing the big 10 and big 10 being forced to respond in, in court. You have politicians getting involved in the Midwest, Donald Trump included. Uh, the issue became politicized as everything is these days. And you had some of the big names in, in the in the conference really pushing back. James Franklin was critical of the Big Ten last week. Uh, Ohio State's Ryan Day issued a statement, you know, scathing uh, one, you know, criticizing the Big Ten for its lack of communication and saying, basically putting the mid-October date out there on, uh, right out there for everybody to see, saying we can do this and saying everybody else is playing, why aren't we? Uh, so, you know, all that pressure. Now the Big Ten, you know, the people on the call today try to downplay that as being a factor, which that's completely ridiculous. If you think that none of that played a factor, um, yeah. but you know, the, you know, obviously big part of today's announcement was the medical advances, daily antigen testing and things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's where we are today. I wouldn't have expected to be here a month ago, um, but we're going to have football, at least some version of a season. Kyle, how surprised are you that this happened? Uh, quite surprised. I mean, I, I thought like Matt kind of said that after, you know, the Mac went, you know, canceled big 10 pack 12, I thought everybody was going to end up canceling, uh, whether they did it voluntarily or whether they did it kicking and screaming. Um, I thought that, you know, we weren't going to see any football, frankly, this fall. So, uh, I think though that, you know, some of this daily testing has really been a game changer. Um, I, I think that, they understand the myocarditis a little bit better and um, have a little bit better handle on that. You can probably still compete um, 
um, with that being an issue. Uh, maybe it's not quite the issue that they thought. So, yeah, I mean, I, I forget which one of one of the leaders said that they will not be revisiting this. I mean, they seem like they have the door completely closed. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty surprised. Um, but, you know, you know, it's a pandemic. Things change. You know, our understanding of everything changes. Um, you know, the tools available change. Um, so I guess that's something we should have kept in mind from the start that this thing can change day to day and the politics of it got frankly a little bit more intense than I anticipated. Yeah. We saw Donald Trump come out, send out a tweet, you know, he's been sending out tweets for a while now, pushing the big 10 to, uh, to restart. Um, you know, we've seen public pressure, like you guys mentioned. Um, I know the big 10 press release had a lot to do with, uh, the, the advances that we've made in daily testing and maybe making it more feasible, uh, as of right now, the Mountain West doesn't look like it's still going to play. The Pac-12 is kind of in limbo now as the one Power Five conference that uh, is not planning to play. And I believe uh, the MAC commissioner came out and said they're still planning on um, uh, doing a spring season. So it looks like the Big Ten is kind of the, the last team that's going to going to jump on here. Um, you guys touched on the testing. Matt, I know they sent out the press release, but uh, Matt, can you kind of just break down what kind of protocols we're going to be looking at here? I mean, you don't need to get into it all, but they're going to be testing these kids and staff daily, right? Uh, correct. And you have to forgive me. It's been pretty busy this morning, so I don't remember every word that came in the update and that was said on the, uh, on the uh, uh, press in the press conference. But basically, like we, we mentioned, daily antigen testing, um, which is scheduled to begin September 30th at the latest. Um, if, and the Big Ten's if, fronting the bill, right? <laughs> yes, the Big Ten is paying for this. And in case you didn't okay. know, they have a few bucks in their pocket. So they can apparently <laughs> They're not broke yet? This, but <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, a couple, a couple big takeaways. Uh, one is that um, if, so, if, somebody te- if a player tests positive, they are out a minimum of 21 days. Um, and that requires, you know, uh, a cardiac workup to be cleared um, as part of the, the protocol for getting back on the field. I think that's a significant um, development. And, and you, when you look back what the NCA put into place, uh, she's July or August or whatever it was, it was a 14 day uh, window where you had to be out. So the big tens bumping up on that. And that obviously has the potential for, to, to have some serious ramifications. If, you know, Justin Fields, you know, obviously I'm going to couch this by saying, I obviously hope nobody tests positive, but if, if a guy like Justin Fields were to test positive, I mean, that changes your whole team dynamic and can change the whole, uh, the whole big 10 race. So uh, that was a standout. And then also the, what was, I think was really important because you don't have this clarity in a lot of other, a lot of these sports that are playing um, is baselines for what's, what's a go and what's a stop. So there is a team positivity rate and a population positivity rate in which they have green, orange, and red uh, categories for, you know, going on as about as you would, orange being restrictions and red being a full stop. So uh, a team positivity rate of more than 5% means, you know, a full stop, I think it was for seven days, minimum of seven day of practice and competition stop. Uh, and my rough math, you'll get about 120 players on a team. I think that you get around seven positive tests. And now if you count staffers and all that, I mean, the, the number blows up uh, and I assume they probably will. Um, then, you know, obviously it, it, my point is it, it would not take a huge number to, to result in at least a week uh, ban from the team from, from practice or competition. I, I think the biggest thing is, is just turnaround time um, for these teams. I mean, it, you know, I think I heard Barry Alvarez um, describe it as you're going to be able to bring these guys in for breakfast, test them, while they're sitting there, you do their tests and 
anybody that's positive, you're going to know it very quickly, but you can send your team out on the practice field and know that we're clean. Nobody here is positive as opposed to what it's been like through the summer and the fall, which is, you know, you take these tests, but they take a couple of days and you've got guys, you know, practicing with each other and meetings with each other. And you don't really know um, because it takes too long to get them back. So um, I, I think now if you have positive, you're going to pull them out very quickly isolate them and i think you're going to eliminate some of the spread that we've seen and that's what they seem to hope is going to be the game changer because they're certainly not giving themselves a lot of we can get into it with the schedule but they're not giving themselves a lot of uh, room for error as far as uh, games getting canceled or teams getting shut down or anything like that yeah i mean october 23rd 24th is what they're looking at that's obviously more than a month from now um <clears throat> excuse me um so that doesn't give you a lot of leeway i mean that i believe barry alvarez said they're pitching a, an uh eight game plus one schedule where the last week will be uh sort of a unique sort of crossover situation um which i'll let you guys explain a little bit but um that's not leaving you a lot of time like you said kyle i, I believe the plan right now is to play the big 10 championship one day before the final college football playoff right. um uh, rankings are released um, so Matt, uh, can you kind of go through what the proposed schedule 3.0, as I keep calling it is now and, uh, sort of, um, the challenges that will come along with that? Yeah. So I think, you know, I mean, geez, the last days and weeks with all the rumors about, you know, coming back to play and what the schedule would be, um, you know, they are, they are fitting into, into a tight window there. There hasn't been an official schedule released, but, but what Barry Alvarez said today, you touched on it's, you know, basically an eight game. I guess you call it a regular season. And then uh, you, you have that, he called it a champions week. So every, you know, crossovers between the divisions. So you have, you know, your top teams playing for the big 10 championship as you normally would. Then two versus two, two versus two, three versus three, four versus four, so on and so on. Um, can't wait for that seven versus seven game. I'm sure that'll be a real thriller in, in mid December. 13th but, place showdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it doesn't leave them much room for error if you get a situation that pops up, like say what happened at, at Memphis this past week, you know, they played their season opener and then all of a sudden you have reportedly 20 guys positive and another 20 in contact tracing. That's, that's from a, a huge party bus problem. Reportedly, I need to, I need to throw that in. There. Yeah. There was a player who denied that party <laughs> bus rumor, but uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't give much wiggle room, but at this point in time, if you're, if you're trying to get in the, the college football playoff, which let's be honest, it's Ohio state. Um <laughs> You, you you don't really have much choice. And now you, you might get into a position where Ohio State might be what? Six and oh, five, five and oh, with, you know, if, if things were to go bad and all of a sudden you're trying to politic to get a spot in the playoff, if things get interrupted with them or, or opponents. And, I, I cannot know. wait for six and Ohio State versus some nine and one SEC team. And you've got this totally unequal number of games played, you know. Uh unequal strength of schedule and you know it, it we, we argue enough about it now but there's going to be such yeah. a variance now it, it's going to be fascinating um, it'll be the complete reverse course when the big 10 always complains about the sec playing one of those uh fbs opponents that's, that's a good point yeah or fcs opponent or in, yeah. In, yeah in late in the season <laughs> and bashing on them for not having a nine game conference schedule and it'll be yeah, you know, whatever. This is things things to expect down the road, but um, I'll be interested to see what the schedule actually looks like. Um, you know, it'll probably, I assume, has to be. You know, you're going to play your divisional opponents, and then then it leaves your room to add two more crossovers. So it'll probably be basically some version of what they pulled out in on August 5th, just obviously modified. And I'll be curious to see what they, you know, what the plans will be for. You know, you're talking Big Ten football and 
in some of these areas in, in December, that's going to be pretty dicey weather-wise. To me, in, in this format, those crossovers become so much more important um, when you're taking out the whole non-conference and you're taking out um, a couple more league games. Uh, I mean, somebody from the West, you know, if, if you pull, you know, Michigan and Penn State or Michigan and Ohio State, if you're a West team, your schedule is so much harder than some of your other division um, opponents. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and likewise, if you're, you know, if you're in the East and you're pulling, you know, I don't think the West is as tough, but, you know, if you pull two West tough West teams, um, to me, that I mean, that strength of schedule, there's going to be a lot bigger variance in strength of schedule as opposed to when you're playing a lot more crossovers. That kind of evens it out a little bit more. So I am very much looking forward to schedule day, and I'm sure we will have more than one coach um, and more than one fan base uh, thinking that they got job. And they'll probably be right because there's really no fair way to do it. Um, I, I mean, I like their setup overall, but um, it, from a strength of schedule perspective, um, there's going to be a pretty big difference, I think. One thing that I found interesting was that uh, Barry Alvarez, <clears throat> excuse me, said that uh, they wanted to avoid repeat matchups in that crossover game mm-hmm. in week nine, and they wanted to avoid having it at the same site. How do you do that if you're basically autofilling the schedule with you know teams that are finished fourth and fourth, third and third, second and second when you're making a schedule beforehand? Like I, I, to me, there's no possible way you can avoid that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's they're they're just going to have to make it up on the fly. Now, I mean, obviously the only game you really care about, let's be honest, will be the big 10 championship. If you're two Mm -hmm. versus two already played each other in a crossover game, I figure it out, you know, I, I I see what you're saying. It just kind of, you know, if, if say it's what Illinois and Rutgers are seven versus are the sevens and they played (laughs) each other in the regular season. Does anybody really care if they play each other? If if somebody moves it around, you know, I mean, just, you know, they'll figure it (laughs) out. Whoever's broadcasting the noon game on Big Ten Network will care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't didn't really get that from Barry. I mean, we've had rematches in the Big Ten Championship game before. I mean, obviously you're not going to, you know, you can mess with a, a, you know, a crossover game more than a championship game, but I don't know. Rematches aren't the worst thing in the world. If you play a good regular season game and then you're, you know, neck and neck in the standings and you play again, I don't know. I don't think that's all. Look at the first year of the Big Ten Championship. What was it, 2011 when uh, Michigan State and Russell Wilson, they played that classic at Spartan Stadium, uh, the the Hail Mary game. the right. And then they met again in the Big Ten Championship and it was another classic game. So I don't really get what the – Maybe it's not fair to compare the championship to a, you know, a 13th place game, but um, yeah, I don't see really see the issue with it either. But uh, anyways, let's move forward. Let's zero in the conversation like we like to do. Uh, We had talked a couple weeks ago about how not having a football season this year could potentially be beneficial for Mel Tucker and Michigan State, um, breaking in a new coach, lots of new players on both sides of the ball, uh, new staff. You didn't have spring season. Um, So Let's talk realistic expectations for Mel Tucker and Michigan State. I, I certainly expect every Michigan State football fan to be 100% rational uh, during this on and off rushed season. Um, you know, that's we're definitely known for that. So, um, Matt, uh, what do you see being a realistic uh, sort of season here for Mel Tucker? I mean, obviously, we don't have the schedule, but we know it's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, again, we'll see what the schedule is, but, you know, it really doesn't you know, if it's somewhat what it was before, I mean, it really, my opinion, doesn't change a whole lot. I mean, they were in a tough spot. Uh, they've been in a tough spot for, for six months. You know, you get a new staff in, you don't get a single spring practice. You, you start workouts, then you get a two-week quarantine where everything gets shut down. You start fall camp, and four days later, you know, the, the Big Ten pulls the, the rug out from under you. I mean, Michigan State has not had a padded practice since, I think, 
I said this last time since before the uh, pinstripe bowl, and that was under Mark D'Antonio's staff. So I think you have to, you know, understand that there's going to, you know, be a, a, like a transition season, obviously, but you know, they're, they're, they're in a tough spot. And I think all you can really ask for them to do is, is, you know, you know, a 500 or so record, depending on what the schedule look like. I don't know, but that's what I thought before on a 12 game season and, and, you know, just be competitive, you know, as long as you're competitive and you're showing growth, I think fans definitely want to see some offensive upgrades from, from given the last couple of years, but uh, just showing, showing identity, you know, gives, give people a, a sense of what to expect in uh, years to come under Mel Tucker um, and, and understand that you know, they're in a tough spot. And, you know, especially, uh, you know, when, when practice, when the season got canceled, Michigan State started a six and a half week strength and conditioning program. Now, I'm sure in hindsight, had they known that the Big Ten would go back and completely change its mind after saying they weren't going to, you know, I, I would imagine they would have spent more time on the field than less time in the weight room. But, you know, hindsight 2020 and all that, uh, who would have known? Did you have any thoughts on that, Kyle? On uh, only that I think, uh, I think 500 would be good for them this year. I'll be, I'll be Debbie Downer a little bit. I just, I just think it's the worst possible scenario for a, a new staff. Um, you know, two new coordinators, a uh, new quarterback, new everything there and, and getting shut down for all the spring, having that stop start, no padded practices in the fall, and then having to basically start your season here on a couple weeks notice. Um, I, I just, I just think that's a very, very difficult thing for, to ask. Um, and, and, and any program, you know, throughout the conference, any program that's got established coaches, established players is going to have much more of an advantage over anybody that's making significant changes, whether it's head coach, coordinator, quarterback, anything like that. So I think, I think it's going to be an uphill climb for Michigan State. Um, I, I think if you're a fan, I mean, obviously you, you want to see the wins and losses. But, you know, to me, I'll be looking for, you know, a team like Matt said, a chosen identity. Um, you know, look, look for some development of players, you know, look for a quarterback to identify himself, look for some young talent to emerge, um, you know, look for a team that's going to, you know, play clean and not beat itself. And, and maybe you're not going to win every game. But uh, to me, I mean, that, those would all be positive signs that um, this program is off on the right foot, even if maybe it doesn't quite have the personnel yet and hasn't had the practice time to really find its footing. I think you can look for signs that, hey, you know, this could be a success or these guys are, are heading in the right direction, even if maybe they're, they can't quite compete with Ohio state yet. I think that's what I'll be looking for. And maybe, maybe they'll win a few more games than I think and surprise me, but I'm looking more for signs, I guess, than actual tangible results right now. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a rational take. Uh, nice to have those every once in a while. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Michigan State redshirt freshman linebacker Marcel Lewis did opt back in. He was one of the guys uh, talking about player development and young guys. He's one of them that did opt in. Uh, what is it? Jacob Panasuk, uh, Jordan Reed, and uh, Justin Stevens uh, are the other three that opted out. Have you heard anything from those guys, Matt, or any rumblings that they might be coming back in or nothing so far? No. No, nothing from uh, the other three so far, but I think it's important to note when, um, when, you know, they opted out in the window between, you know, big 10 playing and, and not, and then the season being canceled. And when we talked to um, Mel Tucker right shortly after the season had been initially canceled, um, he was asked about the players who had opted out and, and he had said, well, you know, these are new conversations now, you know, this, and this was, speaking about at the time, looking ahead to the spring season and talking about their, their workouts and their conditioning. And it was maybe, I don't know, a couple of days after that, it seems like that the Michigan state football point with those videos out them doing a workout. It was this kind of goofy on the field game thing that looked like it was, you know, more fun than anything else. And 
99% sure I saw both Jacob Pamasuk and Jordan Reed participating in the workouts. So hmm. whether or not those two or, or Justin Stevens um, decide to change their mind remains to be seen. But also since then, I think you have to remember the NCAA gave everybody an extra year of eligibility. So at the time when they opted out, I mean, you're looking at the uncertainty of a season and both, especially with Reed and Panasuk, both being senior starters and wanting to put some, you know, good film together for a shot at the NFL. If you were to risk playing in the fall and all of a sudden everything gets shut down and you've got a three game senior season and you're out of eligibility and the NCAA doesn't help you out and you're trying to get to the NFL with, with, without the benefit of that extra year, uh, you know, that obviously I would assume that, that would have been a factor, but now it it's different. So I don't know. Be I, I would be interested to see what their decisions will be. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, a couple more of those guys, or at least one of those guys, change their mind uh, and decide to play. Um, but we'll see. And I think I, Justin Stevens, when he uh, opted out, I believe he cited. Uh, I think he has asthma. Uh, I think he did. Hmm. Um, so I mean, you know, there obviously the health and safety concerns still are, are still exist. But uh, yeah, he said he had uh, his respiratory condition. Is what he said. So. Um, makes sense is anything else from the press conference or any of these uh recent developments that you guys either of you guys want to touch on i i'll just say overall like i i know everyone's been dogging on the big 10 for the last month but if you take their very poor messaging very poor pr aside like i i think this was a good way to go about it you know um you you postpone the season you wait pretty much as long as you can and see what the situation is as far as testing, as far as myocarditis. Um, and then if you're comfortable with it, then get, a, you know, a, a full season in. Still get your league champion, hint, hint, Ohio State, um, potentially into the Ohio, into the college football playoff. Um, and, and, you know, they've been able to let other teams kind of be the big guinea pigs. They've been able to see how it goes for the NFL and for other college leagues. And, um, you know, they didn't handle it great. They didn't explain what they were doing well. They didn't do their rationale very well. But at the end of the day waiting a month and seeing how a pandemic plays out to make sure that you're safe and then having a season like that's not, I don't know. I, I, I saw, um, I, I think it was um, USA Today. I saw, you know, some of these SEC schools, Coach O's down there bragging about how his whole team's had it, you know, yeah. and how they've got herd immunity now. And it's like, and we're criticizing the big 10 still because they waited an extra month to be extra safe. And now they're having their season. You know, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not totally defending the Big Ten here because they definitely made some mistakes um, as far as messaging now. But uh, to, to me, this was, you know, this was a lot safer than what's going on in other places. And I'm, I'm surprised that there's still some the anti-Big Ten sentiment that we've seen. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, you know, I, I, just, I just think that, you know, if, if they had to do it over again, knowing what they know now, because obviously, like Kyle said, it's a pandemic, things change. I don't think I think they would have just put everything on hold for a while and wait and see, which instead of canceling it or, right. you know, initially yeah. canceling, because they, they, you know, they tied up this, this schedule and all the flexibility and this and that. And then you throw it in the trash after, after six days, I still don't get that, but there's there, they obviously got scared because when you, you announce a schedule on August the 5th, fall camp starts August the 7th. And all of a sudden, August the 8th, you tell teams they can't, can't put full pads on in practice. So I think myocarditis was played a factor and that really scared them. And, you know, cause they didn't, they didn't want guys hitting each other. They didn't want full contact. And, mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, that was obviously a big issue in them pulling the plug so quickly. So um, yeah, I, 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 in hindsight, you know, it's, it's tough, but uh, you know, it's, they, they have made advancements that other conferences haven't. It's, 
Mm -hmm. Well, regardless of how we got there, uh, it is happening now, boys. So uh, you'll get to be in the press box. Presumably, you'll be some of the only people in the stadium. So uh, enjoy that. Uh, It's certainly going to be eerie and uh, interesting and and different to see an empty Spartan stadium, an empty Michigan stadium, and an empty horseshoe. Um, but that's just how it goes in 2020. We are navigating unprecedented roads uh, seemingly daily. So, um, But as a college football fan, I'm super pumped that we are going to get a season. I've been dancing around, singing in my living room all morning. <laughs> My wife has yelled at me four times telling me she's not meetings. Um, so sorry, but uh, what can I say? I love college football and I, for one, am glad that the big 10 conference is going to be a part of it. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Spartan confidential podcast presented by MLive.com. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, check out the website. Lots of uh, good stories from Matt and Kyle um, about the Spartan angle and also our, our Michigan reporters, uh, Ryan, Andrew and, and Aaron doing some good work from that angle as well. Um, and I know Patrick did a story on, on the Mac angle. So uh, we've got this covered from, from all sides. Check it out on MLive.com. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time on MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast.